1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by T-shirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
0: What's happening, everybody out there in listener-slash-viewer land? Appreciate you joining us here on InsideCarolina.com, another episode of the Coast to Coast podcast. This is one of your regularly scheduled installments of the Coast to Coast on the Inside Carolina network of podcasts. We've been doing some breaking news, uh, I guess, knee-jerk or emergency or instant reaction pods recently because there's been so much happening around the Carolina basketball program. But this is one of your regularly scheduled, on our calendars, planning on being here uh, episode. So we appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate you downloading. Appreciate you listening wherever you're getting your content from. Thank you for doing it. I would ask again, please, please, please take a second, stop, rate, review us. If you have not already followed or subscribed, make that happen. That way you get this content already to your device and it's ready for you whenever you are prepared to consume it. I am just Joey Powell with me as always on this episode of the Coast to Coast. These guys have been burning the midnight oil, working the clock so hard that it's broken more than twice a day. Uh, Wait, broken more than twice a day? It's actually right less than twice a day because they've broken it so hard because they're working so hard. All right, yeah, strike that, reverse it, switch it. You know what I mean? Cheryl McMillan, Sean Moran, boys, how are you? Doing well. Yeah? Real, how you living, man?
2: Glad to be back in North Carolina. You know, no disrespect to Alabama, but uh, glad to be back home.
0: Hey, look, any barbecue that has uh, white sauce is Uh, not barbecue, and that state can go straight to hell. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay, so so I tried it. I went to Why? there's a place right across from the hotel called oh. Full Moon Barbecue. Okay. And I tried it and I was kind of like, I didn't know what it was. It was like bad ranch. it just it had a bad very wrench. strange. It was like a really strange taste. So I did try it because all the signs are like, oh, try the Alabama white sauce. Try the white sauce. So I did, no. and I was disappointed.
0: The only white sauce yeah. I want anything to do with is the sauce that you get at the hibachi place. That you can absolutely load on a plate of hibachi, Sean. I'm not asking you about barbecue because you're in California, <laughs> which means all y'all eat is like tofu queue or something like that. But um, I'm showing, I'm sh- look, I'm showing my culinary uh, myopicness here, myopicness. Yeah, I'm all over the place right now. But I appreciate you guys being here, um, Sean. Maybe we'll allow you to speak to barbecue if you know of a great place in California later in the show. I'm not comfortable with that right now, Sherelle, As you mentioned, man. You have been a man about the world, at least all over the Southeast, burning up the Gulf Coast area. Tell us what you did this weekend. Where were you? Who did you see? And just kind of give our, our listeners and viewers a little bit of a synopsis as to, as to what went down in your world this weekend.
2: Uh, yes. So we were in Atlanta. Um, there were three tournaments in Atlanta. So there's one called Best of the South which had actually about 500 AAU teams. I didn't know there were 500 AAU teams total, but uh, there were a couple of high-level teams in that event that we wanted to see. Then there was the Under Armour event, and that was in downtown Atlanta. There was the Under Armour event, uh, which was in Emerson, which is kind of North Atlanta, I guess you would call it. And then there was another one called Elite 32 um, that I didn't make it to um, in McEachern High School. So all three of those events had pretty high-level players, and so coaches um, had to kind of navigate how to get through Atlanta traffic at certain times of day to get you know <laughs> to different spots. <clears throat> so we were there for that, and then I think probably around Thursday, you know, the the Jalen Washington thing kind of became official or we kind of knew about it. So we made a plan to go to Birmingham because we wanted to talk to him immediately. So we were in Atlanta Thursday and Friday, most of the day and drove to Birmingham Friday night. And then we're in Birmingham Saturday and Sunday. So that was kind of our schedule. And in Birmingham, there were two tournaments. One is just the regular Adidas event. And then another one called The Platform. Uh, which I guess kind of lured, lured some of the EYBL and, and other circuit teams um, down there because all the EYBL teams are heading to Augusta. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a tune-up for for everybody to be in the Southeast. Uh, we'll talk about them later. But Seth Trimble's team was at best of the South in Atlanta. Um, you know, he's from Wisconsin. Again, just a chance to warm up as they head to Augusta. So that was kind of the lay of the land. Um, and uh, we saw a lot of guys, and we – Followed the UNC coaches and saw who they watched, you know, for some parts of it. And I would say it was a success. We got to see each of UNC's three commitments uh, at least twice. Uh, we got to see Isaac Trout um, uh, kind of like a game and a half basically. <clears throat> and then we got to see some other targets, Tyler Nickel, um, who was on the Adidas circuit. We got to see some younger kids. So I, I think it was a, a fairly productive trip in helping us, uh, you know, see Carolina's targets and, and learn more about them.
0: And listen, if folks that are viewing or, or listening to this right now are not Inside Carolina Premium subscribers, I'm going to go ahead and plug that, but I'm also judging you a little bit because when I say that uh, Sherelle and Ben and the entire writing staff put in work this weekend, if you saw this write-up that they had starting on Thursday, going through the end of the weekend, about each individual player and move and prospect, it, it's it's exhausting, but it's also you know, the top level of what our subscribers have come to expect from the coverage of, you know, UNC sports. And I just want to, you know, tip a cap to Rell and Ben and, and all of the writers who contributed that this weekend because it was top-notch stuff. So make sure you go check that. It's a great, great recap starting from Thursday on the premium message boards. If you're not a subscriber, make that change. I think the deal was like a dollar or something I saw you can get like a subscription for a dollar. If you can find a dollar in you know the top of your penny loafers uh, nowadays, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. But um, give me three takeaways that you had this weekend, Sherelle.
2: Uh I think the first would be it was the first time seeing all these guys in person. Um, I was really impressed with Seth Trimble. Uh, we watched a game where he played Anthony Black, um, someone who UNC watched a lot this weekend, so we're kind of on alert, you know, with him. You know, mm-hmm. could he get an offer? He's a 6-7 uh, guard, also in the class of 2022. And uh, it was a big game for uh, Trimble's team, Phenom, because they lost to this team. Uh, I think it's called 3D Empire. I forget the name exactly what it is, but they lost to them in May. And, you know, it, they're a pretty good team out of Texas. And uh, it was just interesting to see Trimble kind of attack and and learn and figure out, you know, throughout the game, when to pick his spots, when to kind of be the point guard, the floor general, and when to really attack. And, you know, going into this stuff, you read scouting reports and you look at video, but it, it is just different being there. And one of the things I thought maybe had been exaggerated was people were saying, oh, well, he can get in lane whenever he wants. That's just kind of something you say for like somebody who's quick in a scouting report when you don't really know what to say sometimes. Like, it's just like, oh, he can, he can get into the lane whenever he wants. Uh, but Trimble can get into the lane whenever he wants. <laughs> I mean, he proved it time and time again against good defenders. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible because with his athleticism, when he can get past you, there's really nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what the team playing him tried to do uh, in this particular game was Fallon. And I think that brings us to the next point about Trimble is that he's such a tough kid and he's built so well to only be 16. He doesn't turn 17 until August. Um, And he's just built like a running back. We were talking uh, offline about how, if you put pads on him, you know, people would be like, wow, this dude is massive. But because he's a basketball <laughs> player, you just don't really see it. Right. But he takes so much contact and gets up every single time. And the game we watched him, I think he hit 10 of 11 free throws. So when you start projecting that out into how Hebert Davis has said he wants to play, when you have a point guard who can break down defenders um, and create space for open shooters and himself, I mean, that is that's what you're looking for. That's kind of. Uh, the template, I I would guess, for how he wants to play. So it just, it confirmed uh, kind of what I had seen on video. And I was really, really impressed. Uh, Travis Branham, 24-7 sports, uh, national recruiting analyst, was at the game as well. And uh, he he came away impressed too. It was just a a good performance by Trimble. Uh, The rest of the weekend, they kind of hung out a little bit. You know, they're trying not to get hurt or or play too much before peach jam but you could really tell that game was the one they had circled and they played like it was you know a real game so that that's number one all right (laughs) number two I'll I'll be quicker uh number two was just Jalen Washington finally getting a chance to watch him in person Mm -hmm. same thing you know the tournament he was at um uh you know it, it wasn't the tournament where he was at was a warm up tournament. So they didn't want him playing too much. So he played very limited minutes, but Mm -hmm. in the limited minutes, we saw what Sean is talking about, you know, that, that top of the key pull up three off pick and roll. I mean, that was there over and over again. And then we saw the length, Um, you know, the defenders uh, or excuse me, when he was the primary defender, it was very hard for people to score, especially this team who wasn't, they were playing, wasn't very great. Uh, Both games weren't very great. Uh, So to me, uh, that was a revelation. Let me stop
0: you real quick on on that point. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've talked about it here yet, but Sean, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this to you as well because you've been sitting patiently as uh, as we've diag you know we've we've diagnosed uh, Sherelle's weekend. Uh, do you guys think? And Sean, I'm gonna go to you first. Do you think Washington actually can translate that skill set into being the absolute? I don't know, perfect fit for a secondary break that is going through my mind right now because I feel like that skill set makes him an absolute just pinnacle of a weapon for the way UNC uses their bigs in that secondary break Sean do you feel like that's that's okay or am I just getting way way too too carried away here
1: well well first off I think we'd all rather hear about Sherell's weekend is given he was watching uh live hoops and getting to watch some of those guys so I I can keep keep listening as long as he wants to go but in terms of, of that you know I think we're gonna maybe talk about this later but I mean, I'll just jump in right now and, and we'll have a video coming out on Washington from some of his, his June play. And one, you know, one of the, in the three-point shooting area, one of them is, you know, all of a sudden you see this play being set up and all of a sudden he, you know, is, you know, come, comes as a trailer, they, hit, you know, they pass it to him, top of the key, and he knocks it down. So I definitely think that is a, you know, that is an area. And as once again, right now, he's, I think already a pretty decent three-point shooter. And as he continues to uh, get more comfortable and and um, you know c- continue to fine tune that yeah I definitely think him trailing on the break um, or trailing in, in terms of the half court set and setting up from the three point line will be will be a feature um, and then once you get into the the actions where I think right now he's most comfortable 15 to 18 feet um, and, and him kind of facing but yeah I, I think that's you know that that's how Hubert and the, the team will look to utilize him and I think it you know especially when you're talking six, nine and and that type of length, um, you know it, it definitely adds another another feature and benefit to the offense.
0: Sherelle, you've watched a lot of Carolina basketball in your day, and you've seen obviously more of these recruits than you know than, than most people. Uh, I'm going to ask you the same question as Sean. do you feel like it can just he can plug and play into that secondary break as much as 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 people might want him to?
2: Yeah, hundred percent if, if he runs it the same way. You know, right. we we still don't know that. If he does, then yeah. I think you saw last year players in that position and they just were either scared to take this shot or were told mm-hmm. not to take this shot. And I think that'll be different uh, if it is the same system next year. Because, I mean, it looks like it's it's such a rhythm shot for him. It looks mm-hmm. so easy. It looks like a free throw. Just top of the key, you know, coming down, catching it off pick and roll, catching off second. It's just, it was simple for him. And, and he really excels at that. I mean, he, I, I'm not... You know, he's a good shooter. He's a really good shooter. And I'm not just saying that uh, because he committed to UNC or anything like I, I think he's a legitimate shooter and not like, oh, he's a big guy. He can kind of shoot legitimate shooter like, no, he's a legitimate well, you shooter. Both, you both have.
0: So you and Sean have both been pretty adamant about that on the show before. So I don't yeah. I don't think you're seeing this through Carolina lieutenant glasses. All right. Your third right. takeaway from the weekend. I'm sorry I totally derailed you, but oh, i want no, to make it's... sure we, we got into that a little bit.
2: It's fine. So 3A, 3B, and they'll be shorter. So 3A is that Isaac Trout, I think, is, is probably higher or or maybe the top remaining target for UNC. And the only reason I say that is because of the coverage that they gave him. Perhaps it was a you know geographic thing because Sean May started off in Birmingham at the Adidas tournament, and Brad Frederick was in Atlanta uh, with Hubert Davis that first night. So they were at all of Trout's games except for the first one, and that was only because they were watching Seth Trimble. Any other time, he had at least one coach. Most of the time, two, UNC coaches at his game. So I think um they're, they wanted to be very visible for him. Um, I don't know if he is the next decision to come, uh, but I, I just I think they want to make sure that he sees him there. And then three B would be that all the guys that UNC is recruiting. Obviously, they are you know rising seniors in the twenty twenty two class, twenty twenty two class, but. Uh, I, I saw a lack of strength from all of them, and I mean that you expect that from guys heading into the senior year. But I don't know; they they all seem like they really, really need to hit the weight room. Um, none of them are great rebounders, I would say. Um, so that's just something to think about, you know, especially with the with the Shaver Washington combo. Um, neither one right now are are. I would say, competent rebounders. That's something they have to work on and get stronger and get bigger. So just, you know, when you talk about expectations for those two entering their freshman year, they could have a situation where they play a lot, but it could have a situation where their minutes are more tapered. So either way, that that's an area of improvement for really all of the big guys that I've seen Carolina um, is recruiting is just get stronger and become better rebounders. That's something I think a lot
0: of people may not give enough credence to when you're thinking about, uh, a blue chip prospect coming in from high school to college is that re- so much rebounding is lower body strength. And I just, I don't know how many kids, even at the elite level, have lower body strength or take the time to work on it because they're working on so much other stuff. But as we've seen, uh, specifically with guys that come into the North Carolina program, that Joan Serration is just an absolute mad genius. Uh, getting these kids in the weight room, chaining them to a squat rack, and and doing the things that actually help get them not only some mobility but some lower body strength. That way they can rebound with, you know, the top flight you know bigs in the in the ACC. All right, Sean Sherelle teased this a little bit, and I want to come to you with it. Uh, speaking of you know, who might be left with UNC's offers that are still out on the board? We'll get to that in a second. But what do you feel like? And when I say the roster, I mean. Not 21 22 the kids that are have committed so far so you're talking Trimble shaver Washington what else does UNC need to add to that class to have the most well-rounded or best polished roster uh, that they would like to have when the season starts in uh,
1: 22 it's, it's a great question and and one you know that, that they're trying to figure out right now uh, but obviously as we've seen this year with transfers um, you can plug some holes as they as they come due but I do think, you know, Sheryl mentioned Trout, and I think he is, you know, we talk about Washington being able to stretch the floor. We've said it before. I think he's more of a, a stretch five um, than, than a stretch four versus Trout, who I think is a, a stretch four. And he is a guy that I think can attack off the dribble from the three-point line. Um, but once again, is a guy that can shoot it. Uh, so I think, you know, just given right now you're looking at at Three bigs plus McCoy, um, you know, and we'll see if any, you know, obviously Manic is will be gone after that year, um, and you're kind of assuming that they, you know, they cut Garcia. Their goal is to, you know, get to the next level. Um, so I, I do think once again, two bigs with Shaver and Washington, but you add the stretch four, and then, you know, you have your point guard locked down with Trimble, um, and then you're looking at the team, you know, with with RJ you have done, you have Harris. Um, So you you kind of have the wing, but I would still love to see kind of a a dynamic score. Um, And could that be Whitmore? Uh, You know, they recently offered sign on Cruz. I think that one might be more of a longer, longer reach, but we'll, we'll see how things go. So I would say the stretch four, and then kind of that, that wing, that can just really, really light up the light of the score, you know, scoring, scoring book. So those are the two, positions of, of
0: focus and they'll still have uh they'll have dantra style still on the roster then too so but yeah. i hear you like he, he will kind of be it as far yeah. as the, the slashing and, and he's a guy
1: that can play the stretch four um and can you know attack and slash but once again i'm you know i'd say the, the jury is still out on the, the shooting for him um for right sure. now and we'll see how that you know how that is this year
0: so, Sheryl, who's left? Right. We, we've talked about so many of the dominoes have already fallen and, and we're barely midway through July. We expected things to pick up quickly, especially once uh, these players were allowed to come back on campus for visits. Who is left on the UNC radar right now? Uh, I think Sean just did a great job of laying out what the gaps in the roster will be uh, that they're trying to plug in right now. But you, know, you mentioned a couple earlier. Do you want to reset those for our listeners?
2: Yeah, so they have uh, quite a few offers still out. Whether or not those are, re- are realistic, you know, I'll, I'll leave to the readers uh, and listeners, but Cal Filipowski is one. Uh, he's a stretch four. Uh, Derek Lively, I, I would call a, a forward slash center, is still out there. And UNC watched both of those guys uh, this weekend. Uh, Zion Cruz, you mentioned him. He's a combo guard. Uh, Cam Whitmore, he... Uh, Hewitt Davis has told him he was kind of a two, three. Um, I think the jury's out on that. Some people think he's a three, four, so he's a two through four guy. If you want to do positionless basketball, uh, Tyler Nickel. Tyler Nickel is out there. Um, he's kind of that same deal. Hewitt Davis told him he was kind of a two, three. I think he's more of a two through four in positionless basketball. Um, and then there are some other offers that maybe they're not quite as far on, but I would say that's kind of, the core group that they are focusing on right now and i wouldn't put it past them honestly based upon what they've done already to see them expand the recruiting board even more they've shown um a really aggressive mentality uh to try and make sure that they are covered no matter what so if someone is taking a little bit longer than they like they'll say okay that's fine you know we you know we still want you but we're gonna go and look at somebody else just to make sure because if you go to a school, we don't want to be, um, you know, kind of shorthanded. So we're going to keep expanding our board. So that's what I'm looking for over the next couple of weeks to see if there that board expansion continues because if not, then that tells me that maybe they have a little confidence in, you know, a few of their current targets.
0: That, I'm glad you went there. I was my next question was going to be how much of this is, you know, the staff trying to apply pressure on current targets versus how much of it is them legitimately seeing players that they're like, okay, we're going to put a body here regardless of who takes it first. So I appreciate you clarifying that for us.
2: I I think it's one gives to the other. It's they find guys that they really like, and because those guys play similar positions as players they've already offered, then that automatically applies pressure. I don't think they go into it wanting to apply pressure necessarily, but an indirect consequence of liking those guys is pressure. So I think it works together.
0: Yeah, and definitely, you know, like you were saying, seeing who the staff is spending their time around over the over this past weekend, but then the next couple of weekends is going to be very telling as to, like you said, how they feel about current offered prospects and you know whether or not they matriculate to Chapel Hill or not. All right, press pause, fellows. Want to take a break to shout out our friends up at Johnny T-shirt, JohnnyT-shirt.com online, the best place for you to find anything. And everything related to UNC sports, if you need T-shirts, hats, uh, if Zubaz pants were still a thing, Johnny T-shirt would have it. Um, a, a matter of fact, they may have it. I don't know. Johnny T-shirt is that good. Uh, if you want Zubaz pants, reach out to Johnny T-shirt and see if they can get them for you. Um, but they've got everything. They've already started to get the uh, football stuff in. You know, we're, we're literally, I think, six more Saturdays until football starts, which makes my heart sing. It makes my liver cringe, but yes, I'm happy about it one way or another. Um, Johnny T-shirt is already starting to get the stuff in for the fall for football. So if you want the official sideline polos, hit them up. The same stuff the coaches are wearing, the same stuff the players are practicing in, Johnny T-shirt is your hookup. As you know, you've heard me say, you've heard Sherelle, you've heard Sean brag about it. But Inside Carolina, premium subscribers get that extra 10% off the top, off of every order, regardless of what Johnny T-shirt is selling. You can take that extra percent with it. So use that. So one of the many benefits you get of being a premium subscriber. Hit the premium message board, get that code, apply it to your order. Johnny T-shirt will take care of you. Check them out, JohnnyT-shirt.com, or on East Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. I'm telling you, you will be glad that you did. Also going to take a little quick break to let the guys uh, from the national scene drop some ads in here. We'll be right back to talk a little bit more about uh, the current roster that the Tar Heels have. And then give you a little bit of a teaser about all the stuff that Inside Carolina is going to be dropping on you very soon. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Listen to the Coast to Coast podcast on InsideCarolina.com. I'm just your host, Joey Powell, but with me as always, the two guys you're here to listen to and see, Cheryl McMillan, Sean Moran, dropping the knowledge that you have become accustomed to to taking in from them all right fellas uh you, you've done a great job of kind of resetting the recruiting board for us one of the emergency podcasts that we did recently was announcing Dawson Garcia's intent to transfer from Marquette he has now signed uh, with North Carolina and as we're recording this today on July the 12th he's going to be getting to campus so he'll start working in with the current roster. I just want to ask both you guys, and Sean, I'm going to come to you first, what do you expect that these first couple of practices or these first couple of scrimmages, whether they're actual sanctioned practices or not, what do you think is going to be the biggest thing for this collection of guys that are on the roster right now to start working out as they're playing together?
1: I think first and foremost, especially with Garcia being added to the mix, because you've had Manic, uh, you've had McCoy in the fold for a little while, is – just kind of getting used to the personality and, and playing style of him and Garcia and, getting used to that of everybody else on the floor. Um, I think second off, it's gonna provide some really good inter-squad competition. Uh, obviously there's always a lot of alums coming in, uh, but I think one thing that'll be nice is just the depth. Um, so the bigs can go against each other um, and you can have a lot of positional battles, I think with, with a lot of the, the talent uh, that is on the team this year, uh, especially with some of the, the newer incoming freshmen and done and styles, but also, you know, the, the three transfers as well. So now all of a sudden there might be maybe some more competition than existed in the past. Um, so I think, you know, as the, as the summer begins, it's just kind of one that interaction, but to how, you know, how are the, the, the new players, um, Kind of you know working with with some of the returners K of love armando etc so for me you know those are the things to, to look at and then once again I think with garcia um, especially with manic once again we, we kind of talk about it all the time now you have three you know really really good bigs that have spent whether it's one year or four years starting um and how how does that playing time get just dis- you know distributed so i think everybody is expecting to come hopefully play for a national championship, which is great. But you saw it in the article today with Garcia, you know, his, his, he has lofty lofty personal goals as well, which you could probably replace Armando's name in that article as well. So I think that, that'll that be the interesting thing. It's just how does everybody mesh together and how do the personal goals um, equal the team goals?
0: You know, as you were talking there, Sean, something I was thinking about that we really need to see I would love to see how some people feel about potential minute breakdowns for the roster next year. Um, you know, I, I'd swear the, the 32 threads that have been started by individual <laughs> posters on the premium message boards are not quite enough. We need more people uh, supposing what the minute breakdown might be out there. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I think it's uh, I think it is a valid question. I think you alluded to it very gently there, Sean, but I do think watching how these minutes play out is going to be, incredibly interesting considering it's almost the exact opposite of what we the three of us suspected uh the roster may look like just 90 days ago we were talking about you know where is UNC going to find uh post players and now all of a sudden they have a a, a bevy a plethora uh, a, a gang of of really talented guys that can play the four and the five and I think if nothing else to use Cheryl McMillan's favorite phrase iron sharpens iron And you're going to have a lot of these guys, not Sheryl's favorite phrase, by the way, he hates that, but uh, you're going to see a lot of these guys working and hopefully making each other better because they all do have very unique skill sets. And while, uh, while it's, you know, it's great to have all these problems, it is going to be neat to see how they play off each other. Sheryl, what's the first thing you think that the Hubert Davis and his staff are going to try to work out once they get these guys uh, on a practice floor together?
2: Yeah, so I do despise iron sharpens iron I know it's <laughs> biblical uh you could use menagerie too is another one over Benad- there. yes nice well done um uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question in a different way um so I think something that um they're gonna have to talk about is that you know when Hubert Davis got the job and we were wondering about what the roster would look like and you know, how competitive they would be, mm-hmm. you know, everybody kind of took a step back and said, okay, well, North Carolina is not going to be North Carolina next year because they're losing so much. They're going to have a first year mm-hmm. head coach, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that was before we knew that Caleb Love was coming back mm-hmm. before we knew that Armando Bacot was coming back before we knew um, that they would sign three, you know, uh, kind of stretch bigs um, from the transfer portal. So when you start looking around college basketball, Um, you're not going to find more than four or five teams (laughs) more talented than North Carolina now. Um, And I don't think that's homerific at all. I think that's absolutely the truth. And so I think what they're going to talk about is, Hey, you know, they've got a chance to do big things. It's not a rebuild year. It's not a year where everybody will be happy if, you know, they beat Duke Mm -hmm. once and win a game in in the ACC tournament and make it to the 16. Those aren't going to be the goals for this team because um, just like last year, there is going to be pressure because you expect, you know, we said the same thing last year, but you expect some of these guys to go pro um, after next season. Um, So this roster is going to be together for one season and that's it. Um, so I say all that to say, I think you go into practice now, if you're Hubert Davis and say, hey, we're, we're treating this like we had a chance to win a championship, you know, there's going to be the building of the program and all that good stuff, but the goal number one is to win. Um, and I think maybe that is a different message than we expected three and a half months ago, you know, there's always going to be pressure to play at North Carolina because it's North Carolina. Um, and you expect that, but now when you add Garcia, I think it takes it up another level. And that brings me to like the talking point for me for the rest of the year is that it's all in Caleb loves hands. Now I was talking to someone close to him recently and they were like, yeah, he, he it's him. You know, he, he is, if he plays well, they're going to have a great season. If he doesn't, I don't know how good they'll be. And I think you know, that maybe is overly simplistic, but I think kind of the idea rings true in that um, it's all about him. He's got to improve. He's got to be better. And if he plays better, you know, they have a chance to, to be playing, you know, the final, you know, the first Monday in April or whatever it is. Um, so that I, I know that didn't answer your question specifically, but I think pressure and accepting, you know, the chance that they have this season is something that they'll talk about as they start practice and as they continue workouts and head into practice in the fall.
0: I mean, having a chance to win now, I think is, is something that, you know, it's a good thing to have veteran players on the roster. And so that now they can kind of say, hey, it's not two years away. You know, maybe our opportunity is right now. And like you said, this is the only chance that we're going to be this team to borrow a Roy Williamsism, ism uh, This team is only going to exist one time. And if nothing else, maybe the, the urgency will be baked in by having a new coaching staff. So who knows how that might play into things, but you, but you're right. It is a very, uh, very intriguing development to watch and seeing how they take these new expectations and this new reality that 90 days ago, we were talking about who's going to be here to play. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, who's going to take, you know, who's going to get the minutes because there's so many guys here to play. All right. I I, want to start wrapping up this episode. And I think there's a lot, Coming up for our listeners and our subscribers, so I want to give you guys a chance to set that up for everybody. Sean, what do you have going on this weekend uh, that's going to not only lead to some content? You mentioned your your kind of deep dive on uh, Jalen Washington's game. What else you got going on this weekend? The folks can expect to hear about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, everybody's attention will be on Peach Jam, which is uh, where I would definitely love to be, but we'll be uh, down in Dallas um, covering the Under Armour event. So we'll get to see Shaver as the kind of the main UNC commit as well as Trout um, and some of the other you know potential guys that UNC is is looking at so that'll be uh, my first in-person opportunity to to view since uh, you know probably February of of 2020 Um, so it'll be it'll be good and at the same time trying to keep up with some of the live stream action going on at the Peach Jam since that's going to be a lot of basketball uh, wrapped into um, you know a little under a week or so. Um, Charge your devices, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll be down in Dallas. We'll be uh, we'll be reporting on on Shaver and then some of the other guys UNC is looking at. And once again, seeing, you know the the majority of coaches will be at Peach Jam, but seeing which ones are are coming over to, to Dallas for that one. And the, uh, the good thing is it actually is in Dallas. It's not
0: somewhere like, like Sherelle was saying earlier. It's not one of these very incredibly remote places. So you can actually get to a decent airport and then get over to, to see these kids play. Sherelle, what do you got coming up this weekend that you want to, you want to let everybody know about? It's not bad so, barbecue uh, and white sauce, is it?
2: No, it's not. Okay. I'll, I'll be home. Uh, so the second, like Sean said, the second evaluation period is this weekend. It's Friday through Sunday. Um, and it is more traditional than what last weekend was last weekend. I think the UNC staff went to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different tournaments in three different states. And so this time they're going to more than likely be at three tournaments in three states. So Adidas' circuit is in Omaha, Nebraska this weekend. As Sean said, Under Armour is in Dallas. And then Nike is in Augusta, Georgia. Um, the vast majority of UNC's targets, you know, 75 80 85% of them are in Augusta. So what I, I would expect UNC – they at least have two minimum of two coaches there at, at pretty much all times and maybe even more than that um so uh you know that's something to look out for it's just how much like sean said you know isaac trout's very important to unc so how much uh attention do they give him when he's not at the the main place that they're going to be um and it's going to be a lot easier for coaches too to just you know, walk from court one to court three to court two to court four, as opposed to flying from Georgia to New Jersey to Alabama, back to Georgia, that kind of thing. Um, So that's what our readers should look for this weekend. We're not going to cover it the way we did last weekend, uh, just because it's not really possible. Um, But we'll have a couple of things this week. We have an inside the commitment story uh, with Seth Trimble um, that will be out this week. And then you know, cross your fingers and inside the commitment uh with Dawson Garcia that hopefully will be out this week as well. So uh those are a couple of things that will be published hopefully soon.
0: And if folks have not read the one that Sherelle did about uh, uh the one he did about um Shaver. Will Shaver. Yes, the uh, sorry, excuse me, a brain fart there. Um if you <laughs> if if folks have not read the inside the commitment that Sherelle did with Will Shaver, it's absolutely great. Gives you some really good insight as to what this new staff is Saying to recruits and their families gives you a little bit of insight as to how they're motivating these kids and how motivated they are to have this opportunity. Uh, so check that out. Be sure you guys, especially premium subscribers, have already probably seen it, but check it out.
2: Sherelle, tease what? I'm having some technical difficulties. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I got you. You're... Okay, sorry. I know it happened. So a tease in the Seth Trimble uh, inside the commitment, the last paragraph. Carolina fans are going to like jump through the roof and I mean it, it is you, you talk about throwing red meat to your base. This <laughs> this is uh, from this is from uh, Trevor Trimble, Steph Trimble's father. And it is a quote that I think is going to get blown up and like just used over and over. I mean when he said it I was like, are you sure I can use this? He was like, yeah, you can use it. And I said, You sure? He's like, Yeah. I said, because it's it's pretty intense. He's like, I know. He's like, I'm I'm pumped up and ready to go. And then he left out like kind of a, a Ric Flair you know, woo kind of thing. Uh, so, um, just be prepared for that uh, because I, I think fans are really going to gravitate towards that that final paragraph.
0: And as we say in the business, that is, in fact, a tease. Well done, <laughs> sir. And Sean, anything else you want to you want to give a heads up about? You you touched on your Washington expose briefly, but you want to you want to dive into that a little bit. Let folks know what they can expect to see.
1: Yeah, similar, um, you know, to what we did with Manic and McCoy. There'll be a film film piece coming out, so it'll focus on uh, some of the live June live period, so high school games. Uh, but we're able to kind of go through some of his offensive and defensive um, areas, and then just kind of break them down a little bit. So uh, a lot of pros, but also some some areas of improvement. Uh, so that'll be that'll be coming out coming out this week as well.
0: All right, well, we know you guys are always on your hashtag grind. Uh, and that does not stop now, especially since things have finally picked up after 18 months of COVID, finally getting back on the road and these teams actually getting back to regular competition. But I appreciate you guys dropping the knowledge that you always do, bringing in the info and the analysis and all of that goodness that we've come to expect from you. So thank you guys for being who you are, because you're good enough, you're smart enough and on it. Inside Carolina likes you, but that's going to put a, a wrap on this week's show. This episode of the coast to coast podcast, as you know, is brought to you by Johnny t-shirt, johnny shirtcom Special thanks to them. Special thanks to our man, John Siegley, producer extraordinaire on the ones and twos. He is the Timbaland to my uh, Magoo in the production of podcasts, uh, but we appreciate him being a part of this. And as always for Cheryl McMillan and Sean Moran, I'm just Joey Powell. We appreciate you listening. Hope you check us out next time. We'll talk to you down the road. Late.
1: Thanks for listening to another podcast from insidecarolina.com. Brought to you by Johnny T-shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase?